gonna start with the question. What color is a field of snow? White. What color is a doctor lab's coat? White. Alright, what color is a slide? White. White. What does a cow drink? Milk. White. There we go. Alright, think about that answer. Think about it. Yes, that's the other answer. Alright, so what do we teach and why? So we had the absolute luxury of starting Minerva from scratch. So the last presentation I have to say was like the best warm up for this ever because that's what happens when you start with tenured faculty and a lot of institutional uh, knowledge and a lot of routines already in place. We got to start with literally blank slate. And the first question we said to ourselves is what are our goals for our graduates? And we really want our graduates to be leaders and innovators out in the world across a wide variety of fields to inject them with critical wisdom and to have them nurture that for the rest of the world to make better decisions of consequence that will help shape the rest of our lives. Big, lofty goal. They need it to be broad. They need it to have a very global mix of both students and global experience to do that. In order for that to happen, we then went around and talked to lots of people about how to actually do that. Uh, Stephen Cosson from Harvard, who ran social sciences for 30 years there, joined us. He's a cognitive scientist steeped in the science of learning. Uh, I always describe his joining as basically manna from heaven falling into our laps. It was amazing. Um, and we really focused on practical knowledge. So Ben Franklin style, how do we give tools to our students so they can succeed at any job anywhere in the world in the 21st century when we can't even begin to predict what the world is going to look like five years from now because so many of those jobs are going to be new. So, in order to do that, we then went and talked to entrepreneurs and CEOs and scientists and graduate schools and medical schools and law schools and said, what are the basic things we need our graduates to have? And they all came back with these big four skills. Two of them are much more personal about how you or I would think, and then it's about how we relate. So, creative thinking, critical thinking on the personal side, and then effective interaction and effective interactions uh, with others on the interpersonal side. Uh, and we see these skills get exercised, particularly during our freshman year. And then we do this very unique thing where our freshman year grades continue to change over the course of all four years because we care about these skills so much that we want to actually track them all four years and continue to reinforce them. So you can't really just say, I'm going to teach critical thinking, every college says that. Uh, we have broken all of these core competencies down into about 120 explicit learning objectives that we call habits of mind and foundational concepts. Habit of mind is something that you just want to make a habit. So if I'm presenting to a crowd, how do I tailor my message for this particular crowd? A concept is something like statistics. How do I use statistics to analyze a piece of research that just came out? And then as we build upon that, that's where we are able to go from these particular learning objectives through these core competencies, through the majors and concentrations that our students are going to choose, and then eventually turn them into the leaders and innovators that we want for the world. So how do we teach? Again, starting from a blank slate, we read all the same papers. That was, again, the perfect intro. Lectures are bad. We, we don't like lectures. Um, they're a really efficient way of teaching and a really terrible way of learning. You saw all the stats in the last, last presentation. Um, so what we did say is that uh, tutorials, uh, we actually do that in our senior year, but along the way we need to get there. And so we do seminars, and we need our seminars to be fully active. We need 100% of our students engaged at least 75% of the time. I always
always tell people if you saw a student taking a class and you'll see that and you walk right behind them, they will not notice you. They are engaged, they're ready to answer questions. Um, it's all based on empirical uh, work that has been done in academia and that basically hasn't really gotten used that much. So things like teaching and seminars, things like peer instruction from Eric Mazur at Harvard. Uh, and we took principles of learning, so you all just did one that was called priming in the very beginning. Uh, and we really think about how to structure both the pedagogy and technology around the science of learning. So in order to teach, we said, well, we could gather everyone together around a Harkness table, but that would get a little expensive. So we decided to build technology to do this. And I got the fun challenge from our CEO founder you need to make, Jonathan, the best seminar possible that's better than the most beautiful dark paneled room at Harvard that doesn't actually exist. I went there. Uh, and the best <laughs> seminar that ever happens. I basically never had a class that was under 20 people. Um, but that's what it needs to be better than. So our students all take their classes on a computer uh, 12 hours a week on our what we call the active learning forum. Uh, we generally have our seminars range from 15 to 20 students. This middle area is all configurable. Students, everyone's on my video across the top. Uh, and what's really amazing is talking to professors and the students is they say they have more of an emotional bond at the end of one of our classes, the end of a full course, with our students than they have in a traditional setting. And it's because they're fully active and they're fully engaged all the time. We use a lot of techniques to make that happen. So we have polls, and we can do a poll, and then we'll do an activity your instruction style, and then we'll re-poll and be able to see and compare the results. So again, you never know as a student when you're gonna be called upon. We do lots of cold calling here, invariably someone will get asked, why did you choose police retention? And they'll have to defend their answer, and you get debates uh, going between the students, and you get very, very active classes. Uh, we also do breakouts. You'll see at the end of this evening what it's like to do a breakout in a traditional setting. It'll be chaos, as Allison said. In our classes, they happen at a click of a button, a nice sound goes off. All of our students always laugh about it. Uh, the professors are able to actually go and listen in onto a breakout or visit and actually help out. And so again, it's a great way to do interactive teaching and have all the students have more time to process information, do exactly the type of activities that Marco just talked about. Uh, we also make it easier for the teachers. Teaching a seminar is really hard. You have like all this cognitive overload. You try and make this amazing seminar happen and you gotta like direct basically a live TV event. So we try to automate as much of the directing a live TV events as possible. So one of the hardest things as a teacher is talk time. Who in the world has actually talked? And we wanted to make it get rid of all the gender biases. We wanted to get rid of all the cultural biases. Because in every one of our classes, there are students from five continents. And so we give a teacher, you hit a key and you see exactly how long everyone's talked and you know, call them the people in green, they're the people who haven't talked as much. We also wanna be able to scale our section. So we want to follow the Harvard Business School model. So we need to know that section A is basically the same as section B, as section C for the same course. So we have this timeline and we have a very clear pedagogy for each course, a very clear outline. And within that outline, you literally just go next, 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 and all the right things happen in the technology so that whether you're going into a breakout, doing a poll, working on a Google Doc together, everything just appears in the right place on the screen. Uh, and then last, and this is really the thing that is sort of the game changer and one of the main reasons why we do classes in the way we do, we give feedback to our students on every class. We have game tape. This happens in almost every field but academia. So 
you're a basketball player, you get videotaped and you get analyzed. If you're a violinist, you're going to get videotaped and someone's going to critique your performance. But for some reason in academia, we decide, like, oh, it's fine. Just, like, have a seminar. So our seminars, we think about them as deliberate practice. We, it's not like fun and game. It's not like being out on the court. Uh, seminars are designed so that you are explicitly exercising the skills, those habits of mind, and foundational concepts we want you to learn, and then we actually grade you on your performance in seminar using a standard rubric on every moment in class that you're uh, taught. Um, so students get a lot of feedback at Nova. Uh, this also leads to fun things. Uh, students can take classes from out in the courtyard, they could take them at cafes, they could go on vacation with their family, they, uh, in some very touching moments, have been able to take classes while going home and taking care of sick family members. So it really, the ability to take classes in this just sort of does open up the world. Uh, it also allows for some fun things. So this is a picture of in between class. Uh, the students sometimes gather for a quick jam session. Sometimes they gather to do some exercising. Uh, it's a very different college experience than most. Uh, and then, of course, we measure the results. There's some four basic ways we do this right now. Uh, the CLA Plus, which for those of you who read Academically Adrift, uh, was used as the basis for that book. We actually had to compare freshmen against seniors because we have a high admissions bar, and when we compared them against freshmen, we basically started at 98th percentile and got to 99th percentile. It wasn't very meaningful. Uh, when we compared against seniors, we do start all the way down at 94th percentile, and we do get them to 99th percentile by the end of the year. So we're so very excited about that. Uh, we track our students over the year against our own rubrics, which are standardized across all of our classes, so we can see their performance increasing. Uh, we tell all of our students from the very beginning and grade the rubrics on a one through five, five good, one like not bad, and five is truly exceptional, and we're like, you're never gonna get a five or four. This is not, like, there's no great inflation going on here. Uh, we do lots of surveys, uh, and then lastly, we get employer feedback. About 80% of our students had internships this summer. Uh, we worked hard with them to get them these internships at amazing companies. This is just a smattering of them. Uh, and the feedback is really unbelievable. And the students, the great part is when we talk to them, they are using what they learned. I just had lunch with uh, one of the students who actually interned with me last summer, or sorry, last year. He's at Yahoo this summer. Uh, and he basically was raving to myself and Ben, our founder, about how he's using the habits of mind in his job not for the computer science part that he's actually working on, but when he was rewriting all the documents, they couldn't figure out how he knew when to use a graphic and how to present things this way and how to actually like talk to folks so that it would actually get done. And he just blew them out of the water as a freshman. Uh, so that's where we're at. Uh, to 2019, that'll be our first graduating class. Uh, this year, we'll have 160 students uh, in San Francisco and we'll have 120 students or so as sophomores in Berlin, then in Buenos Aires, uh, and they will continue to rotate around the world.